Time for the Rural News with Kim Moody in Ōtautahi. And Kim, a major merino company, is on the lookout for more wool growers. Kia ora Charlotte. Yes, the industry is rebuilding after prices plummeted in 2020. The New Zealand Merino Company is reporting record results for the financial year ending June with a net profit after tax of $4.4 million. Now that's an increase of 8% on the previous year. Chief Executive John Brackenridge says they're after more growers. The way that demand is going at, at the moment, we're obviously having to increase our number of suppliers. Uh, and fine wool uh, from this country will we'll get to a, something of a saturation point, so we'll start sourcing it, and we are starting to source it globally. And we're also taking more growers on in the strong wool initiatives that we're doing. So we've, we're now involved not only in merino, but in mid-micron and in strong wool. So we're increasing in all of those areas. John Brackenridge says the recent financial results reflect the business's commitment to promoting New Zealand's wool industry. It's a combination of selling more and at higher prices. You know, we're gaining more in market share. We're increasing the volume we're selling. We're building more contracts. And so it's all of those elements that provide the foundations for a successful business. And he says the group's push to reach more overseas customers has seen them notice some key trends in consumer behaviour. The key trends are, of course, going for natural, going for slow fashion rather than fast fashion. But the importance is actually this whole linkage back through to origin and the authenticity of where a product comes from. The major trend associated with that is being able to measure what's happening, what improvements, how value chains work. And again, that's where the work that we're doing with our technology platform, Rx, comes in. Uh, The trend of the intersection of technology and farming and people is one of the most powerful opportunities that sits in front of us. John Brackenridge there. A large central Otago cherry grower is hopeful the labour shortages of the past have eased. 45 South employs more than 500 people in the cherry season. Chief Executive Tim Jones says it's pleasing to see New Zealanders returning to pick the fruit. And he says there's more backpackers around too. I think most cherry growers would be thinking that the light's at the end of the tunnel this season from a a worker point of view and that there there should be enough people out there to help us out. Tim Jones says the demand for labour is going to to continue increasing in central Otago. That is going to be really important moving forward. Our industry is still growing, lots of young plantings, uh, and there will be a requirement for more and more labour, not just the seasonal labour over December and January and the summer period to come and pick, but also more winter work with a lot of these orchards requiring pruning in the winter. Tim Jones there. The competition is on to find the best young farmer in New Zealand with a few changes to this year's FMG event. The 55th season of Young Farmers sees entrants going head-to-head testing their skills in a series of modules. Competition manager Stacey Barnett says this year there'll be 11 larger regions rather than 16 as in the past. This allows more of a condensed version, but more community involvement, as well as the more region support. We are really taking into consideration member burnout and all of the time commitment that it does take for our members to support and put on these events. And so we're looking at trying to make it easier as well as bring the whole region together rather than just districts at a time. Stacey Barnett says contestants need to show off a lot of different skills. It's always different, but I think one thing that's consistent is passion and perseverance. A lot of times you're seeing 
people that have competed many times and they keep coming back because they learn, you know, they spend the next year just studying of things that aren't familiar from the theory and planting to the practical and the tractors and the chainsaws and the building and the innovation, as well as the public speaking and the exam. Stacey Barnett. And there are testing times for Australia's bee industry. Beekeepers say the New South Wales government is destroying the livelihood of their businesses and families by trying to eradicate varroa mite. The mite can kill off entire colonies of bees and efforts have been underway to eradicate it. But a beekeeper's petition to stop the efforts, which they say won't work, has amassed over 25,000 signatures. Susan Murray reports. Beekeeper Dolphy Benish started the petition after 51 hives on his property were destroyed because they sat inside the eradication zone. He told the ABC his bees were healthy and had no mites, but they were still killed. Mr Benish, who is originally from Israel, where Varroa is found, says there is now a lot of knowledge and experience on how to treat Varroa so he doesn't believe the eradication efforts are needed. In his petition, he calls for the New South Wales government to stop killing the bees and to release scientific evidence underpinning its eradication strategy. And lastly, the narrow cobbled streets of Spain's capital, Madrid, have been overwhelmed, but not with tourists, with sheep. Some 1,200 sheep and goats are making their way through the city as part of an ancient herding route for shepherds taking their flocks south for winter grazing. The BBC's Tim Elman reports. The shepherds herd their flocks through ancient routes from the north of the country down to warmer climes in the south. Centuries ago, this would be quiet countryside. Now, it's a teeming metropolis. We vindicate the use of royal cattle tracks because they're the legacy of Spanish farmers. We have the right to walk through the vast net of tracks that link the north with the south, east and west. By tradition, a small fee is paid for every thousand sheep as part of an agreement that dates back to the 15th century. It is a journey of more than a thousand kilometres. Uphill, down dale, and occasionally across tarmac. That's the BBC's Tim Elman, and that's the Rural News. Koe rā te purongo o te taiwhenua.